0: God said, welcome to victory. I want to actually just lead us into a, a message here. Even in the first service as I was ministering, I said in the beginning that I really want you to hear more from what my spirit is saying, even more than what the verbiage may actually translate. And today, what's going to happen is we're actually in part two of this series called The Way. And the whole crux of this series called The Way is that we are looking to reestablish. We are looking to reestablish the discipleship order of what God has for us because with so many different things going on, we can actually get trapped into going different ways. And even as that song said, there's so much better in His way. It's so much better in the way of Jesus when we can follow that. So in the next few moments, I'm just going to, Give us this word, and I believe it's going to help us. I believe we're going to move forward, and we're going to give you a charge. But let me pray for you, and then I'm going to dive right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that as we have entered into your presence, that you have announced that we're no longer broken, that you have announced that you are here with us, that you have announced, Lord, that you can do anything but fail. So, Father, I pray right now that even as I deliver this word, That you allow us all to be hearers of your word, not just just those who hear, but those who are hearers and doers. Allow us, Lord God, to open ourselves up to lean into that which you have for us. So that we can truly walk in your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want you, if you want to follow today, you actually can go to the YouVersion app. And you can go to more, you can go to events and actually click on Victory Midtown because there are several things that I'll be sharing today that are right there in the notes. And I want you to make sure you save that before you leave here because this is something that you want to rehearse even as you go throughout the week to make sure that you're actually letting this word sink down deep on the inside of you and it's not just a moment that we receive on a Sunday morning. And what I want to do is, as I said, we are continuing this message last week Pastor Johnson, what he said is he challenged us to enter into deep water with God. He challenged us to come off of the relational shore of our relationship with God. And as we do this, there's a scripture that actually captures the foundation of what we're talking about today. And I want to employ you, even through those masks, to be preachers with me of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So for some of you that come a little bit from the old school church, we're going to do something that you might remember called responsive reading. If you remember that, just say amen. amen. So we're going to do a little responsive reading, and then we're going to jump right into this. But what we're going to do, I'm going to read verse 1, you're going to read verse 2, I'm going to read verse 3, you're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to jump down and we're going to read verse 11 together so that we can operate on the same page. Let me start this off. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, On one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowded around him and listening to the word of God. Come on, we gotta start that over. We gotta start that over. Y'all didn't come ready to preach today. Come on, y'all didn't come ready to preach today. It's on the screen. On three, read verse two. One, two, three. Good class. Don't die. I got it. Three, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put a little out from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Let's read this together. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed read that scripture there, there are a lot of things that are being said, but the thing that I want to pull out is that I believe as Jesus was actually challenging them to push out and go out into the deep, what he was asking them, even subliminally, he was saying, are you willing to try again? Are you willing to push out and do something, even though it might not necessarily seem rational, it may not seem like it's something that you should do, because Jesus was actually stepping on the scene interrupting someone's line of business. These were fishermen. They were used to doing the things they needed to do. They were used to doing all the right methods to catch fish. And he came on the scene and said, listen, I know you said you've been fishing all night, you haven't caught anything, but I want you to try again at my word. And what we'll start this message off by doing is underpinning it with the question, are you willing to follow Jesus at his word? Are you willing to step into his way? Are you willing to step outside of your comfort zone? Because one of the things that I remember is that Pastor Johnson, even at the beginning of the quarantine and COVID season, he said something to us during a renovation series that you were watching online. He said he believes that this quarantine, this COVID-19 season, has actually introduced something that he called the great pause. The great pause. And many of us, we did pause. Many of us, we slowed down during that time, at least for a little while. Things were a little different than what we were used to. But what I believe we are in now is that we have shifted from being in the great pause to what I'm actually calling at this moment the great recalibration. The great recalibration. What do I mean by that? You go from pause to now starting again. And what we want to do, we don't want to just start again in the same way that we used to. We want to take inventory of what we've learned in this season. We want to take inventory of what God wants to do differently in this season. And we want to recalibrate meaning we want to make sure that we are shifting, getting rid of the things that we don't need and pulling forth on the things that we do need. A recalibration allows you to get in alignment for best usage. It allows you to shift some things to make sure that you're on point for your assignment as you move forward. So as we sense this, as I sense this and we're moving into the great recalibration, one thing that I understand with that is that you can't recalibrate and just stay in one place. When you recalibrate, that actually urges you to start to move. And that's why this whole theme of the sneakers, you didn't see the nice bumper today, but you've probably seen it online, while we're talking about, you know, walking like Jesus walked, while we're saying, okay, we are going the way of Jesus, it's because movement is actually the prerequisite for us to enter into what God has for us. You can never enter into what God has for you if you just want to stay in one place. And as we're walking through this, we understand as people of the way, that's what we're looking and endeavoring to be. We're endeavoring to be people who follow the way of Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you didn't know this, people weren't necessarily called Christians. Christians was not a good word back in the day. They called people people of the way because they were actually following the way of their disciple who was Jesus. So as we're walking through this, we are those who are shown the way. We are to follow the way. Because there is only one way. Can I get some agreement in the room? We are shown the way. We are those who follow the way. Because there is only one way. Those who are watching my live stream today understand that even as you are at home and you might not be comfortable coming into the building yet, there is one way that Jesus is trying to move you in the direction of So as we walk through this, I know you might be wondering, okay, how do we walk this out? What does this way mean? This way, without a shadow of a doubt, is the way of Jesus Christ. I don't want to leave anything to speculation. I'm not talking about, you know, chakras. I'm not talking about talking to Mother, uh, Father God. I'm not talking about, you know, speaking to the universe. I'm talking about following the way of Jesus. So as we follow the way of Jesus, what I recognize is that for some of us, this might be a real paradigm shift. For some of us, this may be something that we have to get used to because as we're talking about that there is only one way, we a lot of times want to operate in our way. And what I'm challenged to actually ask you today is if you want to operate in true discipleship or selective discipleship. Do you want to operate in true discipleship where you follow what the Word says and you don't argue with the Word? Or you select in and out what's comfortable for you? What about being in this season... Many of us, we've been saying, okay, man, you know, bad news is coming. We've been saying, man, people trying me on every side. And you know your response should be to turn the other cheek. But at the same time, for some of us in the room, our anthem in this season has been, Try Jesus. Please don't try me. Because I throw hands. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been tried in this season. You've been actually tempted to throw some hands back at people. You've been tempted to respond out of your flesh. And while that's funny, I want us to know that we cannot revert back to our human response. We have to actually dig in, lean into what God has for us, because that is the only way that we will be able to see the fullness of what He wants us to walk in. And as we look at this again, I want you to understand something. It takes discipline to walk as a disciple. It takes spiritual, physical, and emotional discipline to walk as a disciple. So what I believe, as we were even talking about this message, what I was saying even to the rest of our our campus pastors and those who will be preaching in this series, I said, I believe God is actually resetting our standards as believers. He's resetting our standards as those who call ourselves disciples. And as we look at this, in order to walk in the full purpose as disciples, we have to understand our why. We have to understand our purpose. We have to understand why God put us on this earth, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're talking about the way of purpose. Somebody say that with me, the way, the way. of purpose. purpose. So as we're looking at that, you maybe heard me say this, you've been around for some period of time, you've heard me make this statement that purpose produces precision. Write that down if you haven't heard that before. Purpose produces precision. What do I mean by that? When you have purpose, when you actually tap into your why with God, what it does is it actually creates guardrails for you. It creates guardrails in the way that it makes it very easy to say which way I should go. When you have purpose in your life and you understand that it creates precision, what it does is when someone actually calls you to go left or go right, you're able to say, no, no, no. I'm on purpose right now. I'm living on purpose, and I'm a man or a woman of purpose, so I can't get distracted by what you're actually trying to pull me off to. But many times what we do is we revert to our human nature. We revert to what's comfortable for us. Again, as we're talking about coming off the shore, out of the shallows and into the deep, we have to walk in purpose, and our purpose is not comfortable. How many of you know that your purpose, when you're really pushed to do the things God has for you, it's not comfortable. If it was comfortable, you would have already been doing it. If it was comfortable, you wouldn't need God to remind you of who he says you are. But what I'm here to tell you, here right here in the room and those who are watching online and watching by replay, is that God has a purpose for you and he wants you to walk this thing out. So as I've been looking at this, even as again we see the racial tensions happening, we see the political tensions happening, we see the financial tensions happening, we see the political tensions happening. Even so much as we're seeing people who we see as icons in the world, we see people who are actually very much adding a lot of value to the world passing away at a dime. We're surprised by this, but what I believe that God is sending us a signal if we will receive this message that our days are actually numbered. And if we don't operate in the fact of knowing that our days are numbered, we won't really take hold of the purpose that he wants us to walk in. We will waste a lot of time wishing and thinking that we accomplished what he gave us the opportunity to accomplish. So right here, my goal, one of the things that is in the heart of this church, in the heart of Kendra and I, we want to see you reach all of your potential in God. So we will say some hard things. We will push you through some hard things. We will keep the standard of the word because it's not about comfort. It's about purpose. So as we're walking through this, I want to let you know something. Many of us have said, as we want to walk in our purpose, there are a couple things that God wants to remind us of in order to enact that. And I'm going to just share a couple of those things with us. And the first thing being that we need to understand if we're going to walk in purpose is to understand, just like the scripture says, that Jesus, God himself, he calls us. He calls each and every one of us. As Pastor Johnson talked about how God said, follow me, and he was calling us into the deep, he's not calling you again to a place of comfort. He's calling you to a place of purpose that's only going to take God to believe that he can do it. If you can believe what God has for you, he is saying, I have so many great things for you if you can just receive what I've already spoken over your life. And as we look at the fact that God wants to call us out, I want to read the scripture. This is the account of Matthew from that same scripture in Luke 5. And he gives us a little bit of a different angle. He gives us a little bit more insight of what I want to bring to us today. In Matthew chapter 4, what he says in verse 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Say this with me, follow me. Say this with me, and I will make you. Say this with me, fishers of men. He said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them. Say that one more time. He called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let me remind you of something Pastor Johnson said last week. He said to follow Jesus is simple. Now some of y'all are like I have not found it simple to follow Jesus in my lifetime. Mo, you don't see me when I leave here. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. To follow Jesus is simple because all you have to do is hearken to the call that he said to come. Yeah, you mean to tell me I don't have to have everything together to follow Jesus? Yes, I'm telling you that's affirmative. You mean to tell me I don't have to make sure that I've spent this many hours in prayer and I've read the Bible this many times? No, I'm telling you, if you, wherever you find yourself, will hearken to his voice to follow him, he said, just come, and you can receive the benefits of walking with him. But what we do so often is we make it harder than it has to be. Now let me tell you something. To follow, it means this. To follow means to cleave steadfastly to one. To conform wholly to the example of that person. And living and if in need of dying also. Meaning that you follow without a shadow of a doubt. You follow and make sure that no matter how much it costs, you're gonna actually follow forward. Let me show you what this means. Kendrick, can you come up here for a moment? I've kind of shared something like this before, but if you watched us on social media at any time, you know we like to work out. And even as I said that, I heard her in her spirit saying, you like to work out. Good class. But the whole thing is, because we are one, because we sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, she follows me to the gym. Sometimes grudgingly and under compulsion, but she follows me to the gym. And many times what happens is in the morning we usually go to the gym around 6.30, 0, dark 30 before the lights even come out, 6.30 or 7 o'clock, and when we walk outside the house we immediately grab hands. We grab hands because outside it's a little dark. Outside we have to go ahead and cross the street. When we go outside there's some turns and some twists that we have to take. So what happens is that even though she's standing next to me, she's actually cleaving very close to me because she needs to know how I'm moving. So when we're walking, there are many times where we're walking, we're walking, and I might just stop. Then I might start walking again this way, and I might just stop. I might make a left turn real quick, and I might just stop. And I'm not announcing my moves to her. What it is is that because she's close enough to me, she feels which way I'm going. Because she's close enough to me, she's cleaving enough to me to say, "Okay, I might not know what's going on, but since I decided to follow you today, I might as well go along for the ride." What she does not do is pull away from me when I'm trying to get her to come another way. Because what she doesn't know, she might be walking into a ditch. She might be walking into darkness. She might be walking into something dangerous. But when she trusts me and she stays close to me, now when I'm Just like that. When I stop, she stops. Because she understands that if she goes off on her own, she could be walking into a danger zone. And what I believe right now God is telling us is that he wants you to get close enough to him. He wants you to follow him enough to understand that he will never leave you or forsake you. That he has plans to prosper you, to give you a great hope and a great future. And he wants to bring everything of your potential out of you in this moment, but you can't leave him behind. Amen? Somebody give God praise for that if you want to follow God. Thank you. Here's the question. And I just said it even in that illustration. Are you close enough with Jesus to respond how he responds? Are you close enough with Jesus to move how he moves? Because the reality is, here's a principle that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Whenever you make the decision to respond to an invitation to follow, you are giving up your permission to lead. I'm going to say it again. Whenever you actually follow the invitation or you hearken to the invitation to follow, you're responding by saying, Lord, I'm giving up my decision to lead right now. Because I've been leading myself for a long time. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to invite you in here. I want to make sure that I'm following behind you, block-stepping in line with you so that I can get everything that you're leading me into. So as we're looking at this, I want to tell you the truth. I've said it already. To follow Jesus, especially in the days and times we live in, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's much better than the alternative. It's not easy, but when we allow God to lead us by the hand, When we stay close enough to him, when we dig into his word, when we get together in community and we're starting to say, okay, I'm not going to do this by myself, but I'm going to be around the community of believers to walk this thing out. He's saying, I got you. I'm not going to let you walk off the cliff. I'm not going to let you walk into danger. But what does this look like? Very familiar passage of scripture. It's not easy because it's a narrow way that we have to walk in a world that gives us so many options. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7. You've probably heard this before. It says in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Some of us are like, I've been going into it over and over again. It goes on to say, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are very few who find it. Difficult is the way because there are a lot of options. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus called them. I referenced the scripture earlier. He called them from the boat. He called them and said, push out into the deep. And the Bible says, immediately, they left their boat and they left their father. Now, as I was reading this this week, this just illuminated in my mind. It was like I had like the explosion emoji going off in my brain. When I read this this week, And I saw that when God called them forward, they left their boat and they left their father. What I saw right there is that the boat represented their vocation. The boat represented their line of business. The boat boat represented what gave them security, what made them money. And their father represented who covered them. Their father represented protection. And what I believe right here, the Lord is just even saying to us prophetically through this word, is are you willing to immediately leave at the call of Jesus the old things that used to give you security? Are you willing to step outside of the thing that you've been depending on? The person you've been dependent on? The source you've been dependent on? The thing that's been feeding you in the past when God is saying, I have something new for this new wine skin I want to turn you into. Can we let go Can we step off of our old foundation and step into a new foundation? And if we can do that, God is saying, hey, hey, I got some great things for you. I want to show you purpose. I want to let you walk in a new living life of Christianity, a new living life of being a disciple. Because here's the thing. A lot of people say, I want to be be a Christian, but I don't really know how to operate in it, so I'm not going to try it at all. Let me tell you this. This quote right here from G.K. Chesterton. He says this. Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. The reason why a lot of people don't dig in as disciples, the reason why a lot of people won't say, God, I'm really going to follow you no matter where you want me to go, is because it's a little difficult. Because absolutely, we all are tempted. Absolutely, there are always different things trying to pull us off track. But what God is saying is if you will try me, At my word, I will empower you to walk this thing out. If you will try, if you want to reset your standard as a disciple, I have something in store for you that you have not yet experienced. So here it is. You've heard the scripture before many times. John chapter 14 says, Jesus said, I am the only way. I'm the only way to God. I am the real truth and I am the real life. And no one comes to the Father but Why is that simple truth so important for us? That simple truth is so important for us because I want you to write this statement down because this is not in your notes. The way that we are looking to walk is not and cannot just be a belief system. It has to be a pattern of life that we live. The way that we're talking about, it cannot just be something that you believe and you say, yeah, I'm a casual Christian. It has to be a pattern of life that we actually submit to That when Jesus says, this is the way you're to walk, when Jesus through his word shows us a pattern, you will say, yes, Lord, if you do that, so will I. We just sung that song a little bit bit ago, and what that song was saying is, God, I want to do what you do. I want to make sure that I'm in order as you're in order. So we have to be able to say, so will I, because when we take that posture, it leads us to that second part of the invitation that he gives us, that he wants to empower us. He wants to empower us. When I think about the fact that God wants to empower us, that Jesus wants to empower us, Jesus said in the scriptures, I will make you. And when I hear those words, I actually see in my mind a sculptor actually chiseling away at a big piece of rock, sculpting us down into the image that he wants us to be. I see God fashioning us and forming us because there's a lot of excess baggage that we have. That if we allow God to chip it off, we'll be able to live our best life in Him. And some of us are kind of wondering, I'm just hearing this right now, some of us are kind of wondering why we're depressed, why we're feeling heavy, why we're still feeling like we can't make that movement in this way that we're talking about. And it's because we haven't allowed God to chisel off the things that we don't need in this season. We haven't allowed God to chisel off the things that are actually distractors and detractors from us when he's saying, I have a perfect way for you." So as we're looking at this, I want to read the scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 32, it says this. Now, I'm turning you over to God, our marvelous God, whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. Let me slow down and back that up. To make means that God is bringing something into existence by shaping or changing materials that are combined for his usage. Let me give you a visual example. This podium right here, this wasn't created, it was made. It was made out of some materials that all by themselves they wouldn't have purpose. But together, when God brought everything up through man, he's saying now, because now I put these together and now this into something that's useful, now it can actually shoulder the weight that's put on it. For somebody in here, you've been wondering what God has been doing to you in this last season as you've been feeling a little confused, you've been feeling a little uneasy, and God is saying, hey, hey, lean in with me, lean in, lean in with me, come on, lean in with me, come on, you don't know what I'm talking about, just, just push forward, this is what I do. What he's saying is that I'm actually doing something in you that you can't do for yourself. He's making you. He's saying, listen, there are some old things that you thought were irrelevant. There were some things that you actually got in your younger years that you thought you couldn't use. But now, if you actually follow me, if you allow me to empower you, I can now start to make you where you're able to shoulder the weight that I'm going to put on you. He said, I want to make you. I want to make you into someone useful. And as he's making us into someone useful, I want to ask you this question. Will you allow God to make you? Will you allow God to make you? You need to write that down because as you're going through this week, when you're tempted by some things, you need to go back and look at that and say, Lord, I know this is a tough decision right now, but I'm going to allow you to make me in this season. Matthew chapter 4, the passage translation, it says it like this. Jesus called out to them and he said, come and follow me and I will transform you into men catch people for God. To transform means to change in condition, nature, or character, to convert. Again, to make and transform in what he is looking to do for us, he is saying, I want to take your existing parts, the parts that you thought were obsolete, and I want to now place my super on your natural. I want to take you from being a regular believer, and I want to make you a supernatural disciple. I want to make you someone that when people see you, they will see that I've been making you and I've been chiseling you and I've been fashioning you in my image. Because believe it or not, people know when you've been with God. People know when you've been with Jesus. People know when you've been reading the scriptures. And we shouldn't know that because even as it says in Acts uh, chapter 4, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, what it's saying is that they were regular people like fishermen, they were regular people, they were people that people actually overlooked. But then it goes on to say they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I believe this week, if we can grab this word, if we can capture it, that people are going to see you, and they're going to recognize that you've been with Jesus. They're going to recognize that some things are shifting and changing in your life. Os Guinness said it like this. Watch this. It says, calling It's not only a matter of being and doing what we are, but also of becoming what we are not yet, but are called by God to be. I'm going to read that one more time. Calling is not a matter of being and doing what we are, but also becoming what we are not yet, but are called by God to be. Because the reality is God is calling some things out of you to empower you. He's called us and said, follow me. He's empowered you and said, I want to make you. Because what he wants to do with all of that, the prerequisites to this, is that he wants to send you. He wants to send you. By a show of hands, who wants to know their purpose? Almost everybody in here, your hands goes up. I'm going to share share with you. I'm going to take the mystery out of your purpose. For each and every one of us, as God wants to give us our purpose, he says this in Matthew chapter 4. This is a sign of our purpose. He says, Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me. I will transform you into men who catch people for God. But he said it more clearly in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So for some of us, you might be like, okay, I thought you said you were going to tell us our purpose. I just told you. Your purpose is what is actually called in Latin, the Missio Dei the Missio Dei, meaning the mission of God. And the mission of God is for all of us to become disciples and then go make disciples. To be transformed and then go out and actually share that transformation. To be those who are made and shaped and then to go and influence people in a way where they can be made and shaped and they can follow the way that God has for us. So as we're looking at this, I want you to know this. Watch this. Jesus calls all of us, yourself. Say, he, he calls me. He calls all of us to share in his mission. It's not just my job as the pastor to be the, the one who creates and actually shares with disciples. It's not just the job of the worship team and the worship leaders and those who actually sing and do things on the platform to be those who recreate and duplicate disciples. It's for each and every one of us to be able to do it. And for some of us, you're hearing me say this and you're like, okay, that's a little bit out of my reach. But let me show you something, a little insight from the scriptures. When Jesus called Andrew, Peter, James, and John and he said, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. The reason he used the analogy of fishers of men is not because God said 2,000 years later everybody's going to be fishing. He used that analogy for them because they were fishermen. He didn't say that same thing to Matthew. He didn't say that same thing to Thomas. What he did is that he used that in that moment because they were fishermen. But what he was really saying is that wherever you find yourself, if you will follow me, I can make you. If you will come out of your comfort zone, no matter what your profession is, no matter what your vocation is, if you can follow me, I will make you, I will transform you into a fisher of men, into one who actually leads people to God for me. So what does that mean? Let me make it real plain. If you're a teacher, Jesus is whispering to you right now saying, I will make you a teacher that will actually bring glory to God. If you're in here and you're a producer... You do music, you're, you're in the entertainment sector. God is saying, no, you're not disqualified. I will make you a producer who makes music that will lead people to God. If you're in here and you're a scientist while people are trying to discount science away from spirituality, God is saying, no, no, no. It all belongs to me. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You're a scientist, you might be the one that actually gets the cure for COVID-19. But in that, I want to let you know that as a scientist, I will make you into a science scientist that gives glory to me. If you're an artist in here in the room, you're not someone that God doesn't want to use the tapestry of your hand for his glory. He's saying, if you can submit your gift to me, he's saying, yes, even you, I will make you into an artist that brings glory to God. No matter where you find yourself, as a student, as a professor, as a doctor. Take that step with God. because He's saying, I'll make you if you yield to me. I'll make you if you allow me. And what I want us to know today, that in order to walk in our purpose, what we have to do is that we have to be able to verbalize with our mouths are mostly in our hearts. And say, God, if you say do it, and if you did it through your son Jesus, so will I when you want me to come out of my comfort and you're allowing me to do something that didn't really fit in my old way of being, I will step into it. Yes, so will I. God, if you spend time with unsaved people, if you spend time even with people that people thought were disqualified, so will I. So if you heard nothing else I said today, I want us to actually follow the example of Jesus. And as an action step for all of us in this room today, I believe it's something that every one of us can do. I want you to take time this week and intentionally spend time with someone who doesn't know Jesus. I want you to spend time with an unsaved person, not so that you can preach to them, but so that you can become the word and flesh that dwelled among them. Not so that you can tell them what they're doing wrong and even tell them, hey, my pastor said this week, this is the scripture that you need to read. No, be the scripture this week. Because when we do that, we're able to do exactly what Jesus said. That is to start the process of making disciples. Following the way. Stepping into the fruit of the Spirit. Walking into everything that He has for us. Because God will be glorified in your life. So this is what I want to do. This is how we're going to close. I want to pray for you. And after I pray for you, the team is going to come back up and they're going to lead us into that last part of that song again, So Will I, because some of us need to submit our will to God's will. And we need to understand that we're not truly walking in purpose unless we're living on purpose. We're not truly walking in purpose until we say, God, yes, I know you called me. I know you've been making me. But now I'm going to accept the call that you sent me. So if you'll just close your eyes all over the room. As you are receiving this, there are going to be some reflection questions on the screen. And those reflection questions are for us to actually have that and take hold of what God has for us. But Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare every person under the sound of my voice that we didn't just come into church, into this gathering of believers today, to leave the same to operate in the same level of being the disciple that we came in here with. But for each and every one of us, we can take another step. For some of us, as we've been on the shore, we now are stepping really into the shallows. And for some of us, as we've been in the shallows, God, we are now stepping out into the deep. We are following you forward so that you can make us. God, I pray right now with special grace over every person that as you are sending us out to be those who make disciples, that fear has no place in our lives, that depression has no place in our lives, that identity crisis has no place in our lives. But we will stand on the firm foundation of who you've made us to be, and we will say, God, I go. God, if you sent your son Jesus to do it, so will I. So we submit our lives to you, Jesus. We say that you are our savior, you are our Lord, and you're the one that keeps us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. We will die.